Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Brooklyn Interview Series, Episode 5. I'm here with my man Tyler Staten. How you doing, Tyler? I'm doing phenomenal. Thank you for asking. Do you have anything to share about today's weather? <laughs> I sure do. We're coming to from Park Slope, Brooklyn. It's a mostly cloudy, overcast day, 57 degrees outside. Tyler has chosen some lovely fall apparel. Tyler, do you want to talk about the buffalo plaid shirt that you've chosen for today's podcast? No, I'm going to leave it up to the imagination of the listener. Guys, let me tell you out there in podcast land, Tyler is looking great. He's also got a new ball cap on. Just got a general crisp fall look going. Tyler, I also noticed that you've started to carry your phone in a leather phone booklet, sort of like a phone case slash wallet. Tell yeah. me about that decision. I just thought it's probably time to let myself go, and that seemed like the best place to start. It's just by combining my wallet and phone case into one thing. That's fantastic. So that I have to flip something open and show all my credit cards to answer a phone call. Have you thought about like a, a single Bluetooth receiver that you could kind of keep in your ear at all times just to be able to receive calls in the easiest possible way? I have. I'm actually wearing one right now. It's just nude. It's a skin tone. Oh, so wow. it's very hard to see. Um, anyway, let's. we're in a pretty tight time crunch. We're trying to get this podcast down to the length of time we originally planned to do it. So I'm going to cut you off right there and just jump into... What we've actually come here to talk about, which is God's way of abundance. So we have just been through a teaching series, or we're still in the midst of a teaching series on the parable of the soils, and we basically spent the first huge chunk of it looking at each soil one by one. What does it mean to be a person of a hardened heart, a shallow heart, and a crowded heart? And then we came to last week and essentially landed on motivation, um, What motivates someone to actually plow up the ground of their heart? Because all of this is pretty hard work. It's hard work to see the unflattering truth about yourself. It's hard work to go through a process of transformation from there. And so why would we actually engage in that process? And the reason is because the end of the parable, the the shocking part about this parable is we come to I thought you were just going to say swag reasons right there. No, no, I wasn't. Don't bring this back to my fall apparel. I'm just, I'm landing the plane on a strong point here. The, the reason is because Jesus gets to the end of the, of the parable and tells about this abundant harvest. And he says, for the heart of good soil, there will be a harvest of 30, 60, 100 times what was sown, which is just an absurd amount um, for agriculture of the time. With the modern technology of fertilizing, who knows what's possible, but at least at the time. Just a completely absurd harvest. And so You're Jesus. You're talking about Big Agra. You're talking about Monsanto. <laughs> so Jesus is essentially saying that God is so abundant yeah. toward those who pursue him with radical obedience. And so, why would. What is the motive for doing the hard work? It's that we have a God who gives abundant gifts more than we can ask or imagine, running out to meet those who will walk towards him. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, I think it's something that you see at the end of this parable. You see it in Jesus' ministry over and over again. He's going to feed all these people that have gathered to hear him, but he doesn't just give them exactly what they need. He feeds them to the point where everyone was full, and then there was 12 baskets. You know, He's making the point as he's calling the disciples. They're trained professional fishermen, and he's like, throw your nets on the other side, and they can't pull the nets in. It's like God's just showing, if you will trust me, I will pour out on you more than... You can ask or imagine. And Tyler, you and I know as people who prepare sermons on a weekly basis, there are some times where you're speaking 
from a good idea or an observation from the text, and sometimes we are preaching over our heads to things we long to experience. But this week, I felt very blessed that we were sharing about God's abundance, and both of us just having come back from a trip to London where we, I think, experienced God's abundance in a really beautiful way. I, I you know, I don't know that I have it all ranked all the way down to the, you know my entire Christian Christian walk, but this was certainly one of the most significant weeks of my life that we were uh, in London together, and so in Park Slope in particular, we shared this principle, which was already in the parable, already planned to you know share about that, and then was able just to share some stories of how God spoke to us in London, and I won't recap everything that, that I said in this sermon because um, people can just go listen listen to it, but uh, it was, yeah, it wasn't just one, it was five or six, seven experiences of God speaking through other people in such specific ways that I found myself at times crumpled over in tears, like cleansing sobs. Um, I had my first experience with like five minutes of uncontrollable Holy Spirit laughter. Uh, I, you know, I know this could sound strange if, if this is not your tradition at all. You haven't experienced this, but uh, for the first time someone laid hands on me and I prayed in a language I had never studied that just seemed to be coming right from my like guttural spirit, bypassing, you know, like articulated language that I understood, just crying out to God, praying in a way that I never had. Um, and the whole thing kind of began in this church service where um, I stood up <laughs> responding to a general call for prayer about something that I was feeling, you know, a level of conviction on. And then the preacher who knows, didn't know us at all, like calls me out, identifies me, you and the blazer standing by the post, and then proceeds to speak two so specific words to my life that I just collapsed in the, in like, yeah, and joy at knowing how much God sees us and knows us. So to come back and tell those stories and preach from a place of abundance, it's one of the sweet spots in being a pastor where you're talking right from from the heart, you know, and it's right in line with what, what God's, you know, sort of been leading us to say. So, um, yeah, man, absolutely. I'll just chime in this one thing, please. which is that, you know, I think especially for those listening that are a part of one of our congregations. You know, you and I went to London on, on a learning trip in a lot of ways, to learn for, from some churches that are uh, a few years out ahead of where we are in a very similar city. And I think that it's certainly fair to say that God took our intentions to learn and really used them to minister to both of our hearts in ways that we will be living out of for years and years and years and just came back with a fresh deposit from the Holy Spirit. And like you said, I, I think that maybe people would listen to this and think, okay, God is a God of abundance. Like this sounds like a Christian pastor sort of thing to say. But if you if you take small steps of obedience towards this God and you taste the richness mm -hmm. of the presence of God, there is nothing else you want. I mean, it's just like yeah. suddenly everything else in the world cannot compare and that is all that you want yeah. and so i'll just share this one moment that was pretty memorable to me uh so you had these a series of incredible experiences started with one you just shared and i will not forget standing in a retreat center with these other churches and there was like a time of of just worship and prayer it was just a few of us in the room it wasn't a big deal and you and i were both praying and worshiping and then i just my i don't know how long my eyes were closed and i was praying and i was just standing there and i was like okay i'm 
opened up my eyes, see what's happening in the room now, and everyone had gone to lunch. They went to eat. And I was standing in the room with my eyes closed over my eyes, and you were the only one else there, and you were laying face down on the ground <laughs> next to me. And I was just like, what has happened to they us? I should get a lunch bell or something know, at the I retreat know. center so people know. Anyway, yeah. let's get to this interview. Yeah. Uh, yeah, we're going to title this podcast, When You Think You're Going to Network, but instead it's Revival. <laughs> Um, and so we do have someone that we're going to interview. Uh, we have Amanda Troutman with us this afternoon. Will you say hello, Amanda? Hi, guys. <laughs> Thank Thanks you. for having me. Yeah, thank you so much for being here. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're the stated purpose of our podcast here is to take the stuff that we're talking about, discussing in our churches on Sunday, and explore it a little bit more in just practical stories from people in our city, our neighborhood, and you know, just find out what's going on. So on Sunday in Trinity Grace Park Slope, it was, you know, pretty remarkable. Um, the end of the service, it's hard to know, you know, when to plan for something like this. But uh, we gave a response time and asked that people who wanted to receive, you know, the abundance of God come forward for prayer. And we cleared the band out of the front so we'd have more space because I was thinking maybe people would respond to this. But it was pretty remarkable half of the church or something like that came came forward. I don't think we've ever had a morning that was, you know, that much sort of response from the congregation at, at prayer time. And it's so much so, I just turned to our associate, uh, our executive pastor, Josh, I was like, what do we do now? <laughs> Is that, we don't even have <laughs> enough people to get around to everyone to pray. <laughs> but it was obvious that God was meeting people in that time. And Amanda, some of the things you shared with me that God did in your own heart were really meaningful, yeah. and I thought um, if we could have you share some of that, it would be it will be really good. So why don't you just walk us through a little bit of that morning for you, up maybe yeah. leading up to the service, just wherever you feel like it's appropriate to start. Yeah, sure. Well, I'll start with my husband is actually in full-time ministry, and I help him out. I do some part-time consulting on the side, and, and so I come from a place of absolutely believing God is real. Um, but you know, of anyone in scripture that I've identified with, it's been Thomas, like doubting Thomas. Mm. And, um, and it's been a time of just challenge for us in a lot of different ways, personally, professionally. And, um, so I woke up that morning and I think, um, I felt in my body just kind of the manifestation of just several hard months of ministry and, and family life. We have three little boys and, you know, I've had ongoing lower back issues, um, typical kind of mommy back issues, but that morning, um, it had really gone into my neck and I really had this throbbing pain in my neck and I didn't even mention it to Peter cause I was like, the last thing he needs is, yeah, to worry about another physical thing. Cause my lower back had also become like shooting numbness down into my feet. And, um, anyway, so we got to church and, um, I, I remember you saying actually that you had cleared the the space down front and you were going to ask people to come up and you know with my husband being a pastor I I've sat in a lot of a, a lot of places where he's preached and just hoping things go well and praying for the Holy Spirit to move and and I remember thinking oh Kayla wow that that's going that's betting big that people are going to come down and oh man you know just feeling for you what if people don't and and uh, just feeling that and and then I, I also thought as through the service, I, it just was really connecting to me. It was very clear, like what you were saying about how God was moving had, had happened. And 
Um, and as someone who doubts, like things like you are saying are really powerful to me because I, I've always felt kind of ashamed as feeling like I'm the first lady of a ministry. You know, I should be, you know, a game of faith all the time, but hearing how God had just proved himself to you over and over was really powerful to me. So I got to a place where I was just, um, wanting that, you know, my own life. And that's been an ongoing theme. And it's funny, Tyler, you, you use the word taste because, um, taste and see that the Lord is good. It was a verse that God has given me for this year. Mm. And, uh, so anyway, the service was going on. You asked for people to come down and I was thinking, you know what? I want to save that space for people who are coming to Christ, like save the prayer warriors for praying over them. But then I saw my husband go down and I was like, Oh wait, all right, well maybe I can go down too and, and just pray. And I loved that image. You, you shared Caleb of the waterfall and, and particularly you were saying how a lot of us live kind of the splattered water off the ground. And, and I was thinking, you know, like that's enough sometimes, you know, living, living with just like the splatter of God's grace, you know, but I was like, that's not what I want. I want to step in. And especially as I'm discipling my boys, you know, I want to be speaking truth about God's abundance, not like, I hear God's abundant and, you know, um, so anyway, I was like, you know what, I'm going to go up there and see what happens. And so right as I got down there, I put my hands out as you had told us to. And, and even that position feels kind of vulnerable. Like you're waiting for something from the Lord, which, you know, I sometimes feel uncomfortable with because Mm. I fear that if you're that vulnerable and he doesn't give you something, your hands are so clearly open and yeah. they're still empty, you know, yeah. but I did it cause you <laughs> asked us to. And, and within about a minute I was thinking, wow, all of these people, there couldn't be enough prayer team people to cover these people. Okay. So I'm good. I'll just kind of like hide over here to the side and I'll have my <laughs> hands out. And within a minute and a half, Barb, who's on the prayer team, who I didn't even remember her name at that point, And I certainly, yeah, wasn't expecting anything, but she came over and put her hands on me on my hands. And then immediately she said, Lord, heal her back. And she put her hands right at the base of my back where I had, had, I had at that point shooting pain. And as she did that, she said, you know, Amanda has been carrying a burden she shouldn't be carrying. And, and I just thought about all these things in ministry, but the doubter in me was like, you know what? It's very biblical to share a common theme to share that someone is not carrying on their back something they should be carrying. And so even this could have just come to her that I'm a mom of three kids. Of course I have back pain. You know, she doesn't know about my neck though. And then right <laughs> at that point she goes and she touched the part of my neck and said, and heal her neck Lord. And I was like, Whoa. And so then I just started crying and you had said something th- during the sermon that, you know, God knows you and God sees you. And I think, in ministry sometimes, ironically, you know, maybe married to someone who's leading ministry, you know, I, you'd think I would feel seen by God all the time, but I think, um, I sometimes, yeah, just feel like I'm not seen. Um, and particularly because of my faith having Mm. holes in it sometimes. Um, but since, so anyway, so I, that just blew my mind. And she said, you've been going through things that, that um, have left you profoundly disappointed. And I just thought through the last few months and was like, oh my God, that is exactly the summary word for what I've been going through. And um, 
anyway, so since we walked, we walked out and gathered our kids and we sat down for brunch. And now we spoke, we spoke before. Oh yeah, I ran left. over to you and was like, Caleb, <laughs> this just happened. Well, and it was so encouraging to hear. But at that point, it was more like, you know, you didn't share anything with Barb. You like you said, you were like, I got to find out her name. Yeah, and, yeah. And you know, God revealed this thing, you know, to her in prayer. Yeah. But even so, it was like. There wasn't an instantaneous total change in your physical no. reality, but you did talk about like that I've being seen and known by God. Maybe yeah. that's enough. That's so profound yeah. to to be understood in that yeah. way. And so yeah, yeah. And so I ran over. I saw I saw Barb. You told me her name. So I ran over and said, "Oh, I just took her through what had happened." And she said, "Yeah." And she again took her hand and pressed right on the spot in my back. And she said, "Yeah, it's not your upper back. It's right here." And I was like, "Yes!" Like. And she had said how it was actually encouraging to her too, because even though God really speaks to her clearly, um, you know, she, like so many of us, struggles with faith. So we had this amazing moment, but then we ended up at brunch like a half hour later. And I just kind of yelped in the middle of brunch and said, Peter, oh my gosh, my neck and back don't hurt anymore. And he was like, (laughs) what? And we had been juggling kids and I hadn't even realized. I was like, oh my gosh. And and it was the first time in in a long time like that 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 had been true and but i just i feel like the most amazing thing and and my time in the word since then has been so much more real i think just so much more like a conversation than it's ever been before because mm. i've just been sure that there is someone i can't explain away on the other side of this conversation and and god brought me to the story of thomas and how you know God, Jesus showed up after his death to all the disciples, but Thomas wasn't there. And I thought it was just so interesting. The one person who most needed proof wasn't there. Hmm. Um, and Jesus, you know, went through a door and and made himself available to Thomas after that, who he knew needed proof, you know. And I just have always felt like kind of ashamed that I I needed that proof. But looking at that, thinking... God pursued Thomas even in that doubt and like he needed, he knew what he needed and he gave it. And I just so feel like that morning, like God, he didn't hold it against me that I was asking for more proof of who he is, you know, and he kind of walked through the door to me too and did something Hmm. very clearly supernatural that I have tried to explain away since (laughs) that morning. And there's a lot of things in my life that have been miraculous that I have explained away Hmm pretty successfully but this time i just can't <laughs> yeah so you mentioned that to me I, I, you don't have to add more to it this is you know it's phenomenal just to hear your story so far but i am really interested in what you, you're describing the nature of your time with with the lord like kind of taking on a new quality is there anything else you would say about that well there's always been a verse um in first peter that I've kind of clung to. Um, I'll just read it real quick. First um, Peter one eight, and this has been something I've held on to because I really related to it. Though you have not seen him, you love him, and even though you do not see him now, you believe in him, and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the goal of your faith, the salvation of your souls. And I just have felt like. Um, that was where I was, though I had not seen him and kind of seen him working in an inexplicable way that I couldn't explain away. I did feel love for him. I did like the disciples say, but God, where else can I go? Like, there's just nowhere else. But I feel like 
since the last few quiet times I've had in the last handful of days, it hasn't been, where else can I go? Like no one else explains the world as well as you do. It's been really looking forward to like getting back with this person who just healed me. And, and I can't explain that away. And, and so, um, just feeling like, um, you know, God's, it really is the word, the word is abundance because I have had faith until now, but there's been a sense of, um, kind of like the disciple, kind of like Thomas. I mean, he had given up a bunch to be a disciple. I mean, he must've believed to some extent because he was getting jeered at probably sacrificed financially. Like, and we've done that. Like we're in full-time ministry. I'm in, but I hadn't felt that like overwhelming, like when can I go sit down with Jesus yeah. feeling, Personal you know? Side of it, yeah. yeah. And so now I feel like there's, there, there's just, I'm not a crier in prayer, you know, but I've just felt this like overwhelming sense of like, I don't even know how to articulate it. There is, I'm tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. Yeah. And there's like a, a physicality to it of tasting, like yeah. not just, yes, this is true. This is right. This is what I believe, you know? Um, yeah. And it's exciting with our boys because I feel like overflowing faith is contagious. Like faith that you, you know, teach in kind of an encyclopedic way is not right. <laughs> going to grab the their ideas. hearts. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. This is, I think, um, and I think it's, I don't know what I want to say is it's a faith building story mm. and I really appreciate that you shared it and how you shared it. And I think it's important. I don't know. There's, what I was struck by when we were in London was a group of people who were just thoroughly expecting God to mm. show up in real and tangible ways, yeah. in prophetic ways, in in healing ways, in ways that expound the scriptures. And, you know, I feel like sometimes we feel like we have to choose depending on our tradition or whatever. Like, are we are we just like interpret the Bible people and preach well? Yeah. Or are we like right. you know, signs and wonders, miracles people? Right. Like, yeah. and And they did... Their expectation for God was so high, but also it wasn't hyped at all. Mm. It was just a very natural, um, you know, we don't have to stir something up here. And I appreciate that, you know, I hope you take this the right way, that I, mm. like, you are a, a very sensible person mm. who is admitting to your own, you know, healthy skepticism and doubts yeah. and, and, and that God would give this, you know, tangible, personal sign of his care for you is such a beautiful faith-building thing. Yeah. I'll ask this question to, to end because we are at, at our time limit, so we'll, we won't go on very long on this, but I am interested if there's a word, either one of you, Tyler or Amanda, if you would share, for someone who is in a dry spot, in a place of doubt, who feels like they're one of the people who came forward and they just had their hands open and nothing, nothing, like certainly nothing this spectacular happened to them. And they are always like, why is it always other people? Why is it always other people? What advice or counsel would you, would you give? Go ahead, Chuck. Yeah. I'll just say there was one thing that was coming to mind when I was listening to Amanda's story. And that is, um, it's, it reminds me a lot of when Jesus is calling his disciples. And I think it's, it's when he, meets Andrew and then Andrew goes to Peter, but he meets one of them and the response is to run to find another friend or family member or say, come and see someone that just told me everything that I've ever done. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's just this, like you were saying, like, I just want to get back with this, this God who's just yeah. healed me. You know, it's just this like, oh my gosh, everyone needs to get near yeah. to this, to this God that's living and active and among us. And so there's two things that come to mind. One is just that 
the the scriptures are not like a greatest hits record for us to reflect back on. They are meant to to show us what the experience of following Jesus is like. Mm-hmm. And so the things that we encounter in the scriptures are here and now. The suffering that we read about in the scriptures and the miracles that we read about in the scriptures and everything in between, God still does those things here and now. And so I think people need to hear that. But I think often we hear a story like Amanda's and then we want to turn it into a formula. We want to say like, oh, okay, well, if you have lower back pain, make sure you go to TGC Park Slope this Sunday and look for Barb, you know, or something like that. And, and, but I think, sorry, Barb. I think the true response to the story is just to hear Amanda saying, come in and meet someone who has just done something incredible in my life. Just to see someone else going out ahead of you, whatever your disappointment is, whatever your doubt is, your anger at God may be, whatever walls stand, just like see someone else running out ahead of you with excitement saying, I have stood under the waterfall of the abundance of this God after years of getting splashed on the side. And I can tell you that there is so much more. Keep seeking and keep looking for this God. So Mm -hmm. I just think you should hear that encouragement that's awesome that's so awesome i have one one thing that came to mind that god's given me this week in a a quiet time and um it's cool because i'm actually preparing to give a talk on a verse that's two verses after this so i went to this because i was kind of dutifully preparing this other thing and wouldn't you know it right before um was this verse in second timothy 1 6 um and i guess this is just yeah, for people like me who have for years and years watched people um, or heard people get things that I feel like I wasn't getting from the Lord, you know, that waterfall. Um, I remind you to fan into flame the gift of God, which is in you through the laying on of my hands. And I just thought, gosh, like how cool. I just finally had this experience of a laying on of hands that actually, you know, did something transformational in my life. Um, but for so many years, it has been you know, what do you need to fan into flame? This like spark that's like this tiny thing that's barely a light, but it is a light, but it doesn't feel like a light. And, and so I guess I would just say like, just keep fanning into flame the gift of God. You know, it is faith is a gift, a little faith or a lot of faith. And so like trying to muster faith just hasn't worked for me because that's not how you get it. It is a gift. Um, but we can fan into flame, like get us into situations in the word primarily and in seats, listening to people who are filled with, with the Holy spirit, you know, to, to be fanning it, um, and just waiting expectantly. I mean, there are people, we talk about people in scripture, you know, having babies at 95 years old, that was a long wait. You know, we just talk about, wow, what an amazing miracle. I wish I had, well, okay, wait 90 years and then maybe it'll have, you know, and I always just have been challenged by that. Um, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Uh, thank you guys both for, for sharing. Thank you for everyone who's been tuning in and listening to the Brooklyn interview series. We want to just keep telling, telling folks stories, uh, whether you know they're having miraculous encounters or they're in a, a dry place, just to be really honest about the journey of trying to follow Jesus in a city like ours. And so thanks to everyone out there listening, and we will catch you next time. Good stuff, awesome stuff. <laughs>